and welcome to Fatal Follower Presents. So this is going to be a quick little nugget for your March. And uh, I thought that I would um, just check in with you all and uh, see how your Valentine's Day was. Did you watch anything bloody? And uh, what did you what did you do? Um, I watched my Bloody Valentine from 81 and my Bloody Valentine 3D, which was the remake that I highly enjoy. And uh, yeah, had some chocolates and uh, ready for March, ready for leprechaun season, and I'm ready for all of that Irish horror coming up for this month. But um, I did get to check out a couple things. I recently had to go to Indiana for family uh, family things, and uh, I introduced my brother and sister-in-law um, to Megan, The but I got to check out the unrated cut, and it was quite the improvement. There were some little nuggets of gore and yeah, very much so. I, I enjoyed the movie already, but the little pieces of gore that were added just sealed the deal for me. So I recommend you checking out the unrated cut and also picking that up on DVD or Blu-ray, uh, PG-13 or unrated later this month. I did get to introduce my brother to one of my favorites of last year, and uh, I actually just ordered the Blu-ray from Roy Dam. So uh, again, another shout out to the MOD Made on Demand archives. Um, Roy Dam can hook you up with all your needs, and I got Yule Log, so I'm waiting for that to get in my eyeballs on Blu-ray. So yeah, check them out. And uh, yeah, so that's enough of that. Um, I haven't gotten to yet check out Cocaine Bear, which that is going to be coming up soon. Um, I did check out a couple newbies. Uh, One was Consecration, and that one starred Jenna Malone. And uh, it was a limited IFC Films midnight release in theaters. And uh, I I somewhat enjoyed it. It's going to be one of those movies that... After you leave the theater, you're like, hmm, what, what, what did I just watch? Um, It was cool. I mean, it was very much a gothic supernatural thriller and the ending kind of goes in a direction that I was not expected. And I don't know if I liked the ending or not yet. I thought it was a cool premise, but... Out of 10, I would say it's probably like a 6 out of 10. Moody atmosphere, awesome cinematography, and uh, an interesting story. Does it fit in the horror category? Absolutely. Um, But it's not something that I don't know if I'd be clamoring for to own or rewatch again, but I think it deserves at least one watch. So I recommend you checking that out. Now, one thing that uh, I got to preview ahead of time, so thanks to RLJE Films, they always hook me up with some interesting movies. Um, Children of the Corn, 2023. This is going to be available uh, this week, March 3rd, in some select theaters. It will also be available on demand and digital later in March, March 21st, to be exact. So, what's it about? Well, it's directed and written by Kurt Wimmer, 
Uh, it's based upon the short story Children of the Corn, loosely, I would say, by Stephen King and stars Elena Camporis from Before I Fall, Kate Moyer from Station Eleven, Callan Mulvey from The Gray Man, and Bruce Spence from The Road Warrior. Synopsis. Possessed by a spirit in a dying cornfield, a 12-year-old girl in Nebraska recruits the other children of her small town to go on a bloody rampage and kill all the adults and anyone else who opposes her. A bright high schooler who won't go along with the plan is the town's only hope of survival. So this is going to be dropping on Shutter as well. And um, I'd heard about this, I think, in 2019. They filmed in 2020. And it's just been pushed back, of course, with COVID. And um, I actually really enjoyed this movie. I know it's probably going to get some bad reviews and, um, you know, some of the things, the logical pieces when you think about it don't really add up. But I kind of liked it. I wish that the female antagonist, the the new leader of the Children of the Corn, I wished maybe it had been either a different actress or something because there is a drastic change uh, from the beginning when you see what happens to what progresses to her ultimately saying, we have had, meaning children, we have had enough of the adults in this town. It's time to get rid of them. So I think that was maybe the the missing piece for me. Um, and the reason why I'm going to more into detail with this, because I was provided a screener for this. So I want to give a little juicier of a reaction review. Um, was it uh, the best Children of the Corn movie? Probably not. Um, I do like the first, second, love Urban Harvest. The third, it's, the third one's actually probably my favorite. And uh, maybe this one. I, I did like this one. There are some really awesome deaths in this. Um, once you get past the clunky, like maybe first 20 minutes of this movie, it gets to a really cool place. Um, so that's my only complaint, really, other than that actress, the, the main leader of the cult of children. Um, the the protagonist, the high schooler, she it says in the description that she's bright. I don't know if that's true because she does some things in this movie that are like, uh, you're kind of the reason maybe that this progressed in this way. Um, but ultimately, um, do you get some cool deaths by kids? Yes. Do you get to see what or who, I should say, what or he or who walks behind the rose? Absolutely. And uh, I thought that was cool, too. Um, there is a really awesome ending but the after credits or mid credit scene, I think, really like was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, and that's kind of what brought it back to me. Like, oh, yeah, this is this is cheesy B grade Children of the Corn. It fits right in with um, some of the earlier Children of the Corn movies. The last two uh, movies or actually the last three, the, the sci-fi quasi remake was not good. Um, Children of the Corn Genesis, I did not like, and Children of the Corn Runaway, it had a good premise, but it was not good. This one was a is a better start in a better direction. Um, is it similar to the Stephen King short story? Mm, there's like an element, meaning that there's someone that walks behind the rose, and the kids overtake the town. Yes, 
but it's not a faithful adaption, no, which is fine because it needed to do its own thing, and I think it worked. The mo- the kids have a motivation for killing the adults in this movie, which I thought actually was pretty cool. Um, should you check it out in theaters? Absolutely. If uh, if it was at a uh, time that I could go see it in the theater, I would actually go support this in the theater because I think it was pretty kick-ass. Um, yeah, so that's my take on Children of the Corn. Do yourself a favor, check it out, and let me know what you think. Maybe you'll hate it, maybe you won't. I'm not sure. All right, so one movie that came out that um, I wanted to plug... And it is from Quiver Distribution, Better Noise Films. And it is The Retaliators. Um, it stars Michael Lombardi, Mark Menchaca, Joseph Gate, Jacob E. Shittix, Ivan Moody, and Katie Kelly. The tagline, thou shall kill, and the knot is scratched out in blood. Um, it's billed as a horror movie with 80s action vibes soaked in spaghetti western roots. What is it about? Well, an upstanding pastor uncovers a dark and twisted underworld as he searches for answers surrounding his daughter's brutal murder. Um, so that's pretty much it. There is like some uh, cameos and actors from bands from Five Finger Death Punch, which I'm not the... I'm not really a fan, uh, but Tommy Lee, Papa Roach, The Who, Ice Nine Kills, and Escape the Fader in this. Um, so this is one of those genre mashup films where it's got a little bit of action, a little bit of horror. Um, there is some uh, crime drama in this. I like those mix-up films because it kind of gives a grindhouse vibe. Um, so I'm curious about this one. And the reason why I'm not really talking about it much is because I haven't seen it yet. So when I do, I will either recommend it or I won't. But I've heard it's great. sits pretty comfortably um, on an 88 uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. So we'll see how it goes. Oh, and I forgot to mention, uh, Children of the Corn, if I was going to rate that, that cheesy, corny mess, I would say it's probably like a 7 out of 10 on the Children of the Corn sequel scale. So that'll give you an idea of what that's all about. Um... All right, so what do I have for books today? I do have some recommendations, and uh, I'll get to the recommendations first. So up first, it's called Queer Screams. It is a history of LGBTQ plus survival through the lens of American horror cinema. This is, uh, it looks cool. It's by Abigail Waldron. Um, I'll read a little bit about it. The horror genre mirrors the American queer experience, both positively and negatively, overtly and subtextually. From the lumbering, flower-picking monster of Frankenstein from 31, to the fearless protagonist of the Fear Street trilogy from 2021, this is a historical look at the queer experience of the horror genre's characters, performers, authors, and filmmakers. Offering a fresh look at the horror genre's queer roots, this book documents diverse stories of both transgender and non-binary people, Finding Catharsis and Reclamation, Freaks, Dolls, Serial Killers, Telekinetic Teenagers, and Final Girls all have something to contribute to this historical examination of the American LGBTQ plus experience. Ranging from psychiatry to homophobia, fear of HIV and AIDS, and most recently, the alienation and self-determination of queer America and the Trump era. Boo! This is a look into how terror may repair a shattered queer heart. 
Abigail Waldron is a queer historian and horror film scholar whose work can be seen on horror sites such as Horror Press, Gaily Dreadful, and Rue Morgue. She lives in Brooklyn, New York. Um, yeah, so that is actually one I picked up from my local library, and I'm looking forward to digging into that. I have not yet. Um, one I picked up from the awesome kick-ass people at Soundgarden in Syracuse. If you're ever there, check them out. Um, this is called Hi John the Con- Conqueror. Excuse me. It is a novel, and it is about... Wessex, 2016. Teenagers are vanishing off the council estates of a small provincial city. A crop of supposedly magical herbs which only grow once every 50 years are found in the woods. A supernatural creature believed to be the guardian of the herbs is seen in nightmares. Rumors of orgastic rituals on the properties of the rich and powerful excite the curious. And the Queen of England decides to celebrate her 90th birthday with a visit to the city's famous cathedral spire. Into this madness, two ambitious detectives, one with doomed literary ambitions, seek to solve the mystery, their only lead that posh people are taking our children. Blending literary fiction, crime, folk horror, and politics, High John the Conqueror identifies the point in our recent history when the ghosts of our past become the political monsters of the present. This is by Tariq Goodard. He was born in London in in 1975 and is the award-winning writer of seven novels. So this is kind of um, got a little bit of everything going on. It's got a plague doctor um, on the front cover and it looks like it's highly abstract, and I cannot wait to dig into this. This looks like something that is going to fill the need and the void of what's missing in my gothic, literary, horror, supernatural mystery itch. So check it out if you can. Um, I also picked up a, another book called The Chill from Scott Carson. Still waters run deep. Far upstate in New York's ancient forests, a drowned village lies beneath the deep, still waters of the Chilliwacky Reservoir. Early in the 20th century, the town was destroyed for the greater good, bringing water to the millions living downstate. Or at least, that's what the politicians from Manhattan insisted at that time. The local families settled there since before America's founding were forced from their land, but they didn't move far, and some didn't move at all. Now, a century later, the repercussions of human arrogance are finally making themselves known. An inspector assigned to oversee the dam, dangerously neglected for decades, witnesses something inexplicable. It turns out that more than the village was left behind in the waters of the chill when it was abandoned. The townspeople didn't evacuate without a fight. A dark prophecy remained, too. And the time has come for it to be fulfilled. Those who remember must ask themselves, who will be next? For sacrifices must be made. And as the restless waters begin to rise inexorably, the demand for a fresh sacrifice emerges from the deep. I'm all about some aquatic horror, and this sounds very much like it's going to scratch that Lovecraftian vibe that I always have. Um, So you can check that out. I picked that up pretty cheap online at the dreaded Amazon from a marketplace seller. So, all right. Lastly, I got to read Rise of the Nasties from Matt Bell. Shout out to Matt. Woohoo! I picked this up and uh, I 
talked about this on the previous episode. So if you want this, um, you can check out the details of that episode and you can find it. Um, so what's it about? If an army of winged corpses hatches in the woods, does it make a sound? Hell yes, it does. Abe Calhoun is one of the good guys. He's the mayor of Brownwater and a prominent figure in the church. His thriving farm continues to rescue refugees, allowing them to begin new lives in picturesque upstate New York. However, dark whispers of his true nature are confirmed when he decides to plant more than seeds in the soil. When Maya Blair's bestie goes missing, she reaches out to her coven for help. What follows is a harvest of revenge like no other. The Mosquito Prince is born, scores of wiggling eggs hatch, and a war begins between humans, insects, and hybrids. Thus begins the rise of the nasties and your insomnia. So, I always hate comparing other artists to other artists, other writers to other writers, yada yada yada. But... I think it kind of fits because I have never read anything from Matt Bell, and I absolutely love this. And the reason why I preface that statement by saying I like to compare him to other people, because um, obviously Matt Bell has his own voice in horror, and uh, but there is another author that, if you like that author, you would like this book. Um, but it's Nick Cutter, and Nick Cutter has released The Troop, um, which is very much that grotesque, um, insectoid kind of horror. Very gross, very descriptive, um, very much gets between your skin and flesh and just kind of burrows there. And that's kind of what Rise of the Nasties did, did for me. Excuse me. Um, this This book is, I mean, I read this all in one sitting. Um, it's very much um, something that you really should do that because it does make it better. Um, and it's 133 pages. It is written in such a way that it's very lyrical, I would say. It's very much poetic. Um, there are descriptions of what's happening that is very dark and fantasy driven, but also very beautiful and grotesque at the same time. Um, Matt has a way of describing all of the the grotesque things that are happening in a beautiful, dark way that is not always from the perspective of a human. And so I liked getting into the the skin of other things out there, of the dark things that are somewhat misunderstood. And so I really loved the whole book. I loved the ending. I love where the wrap-up was and what happens. And I think this is a book that I would introduce to people that are not as much into horror, but like poetry or like something that's quick, but yet meaningful and impactful. So um, shout out to Matt. Good job on this. Uh, I think this is one that I will reread again because I just think it's one of those that, you know, if I'm looking for something to like refresh and just say, hey, you know, I want to read something. I want a story, a complete story, uh, very much like that anthology style that I always talk about on the show is I love anthologies. I love short stories because there's some days that I just want to want a short and sweet story that I can go to and um, and get some closure on and catharsis. And this gives me all of those things. 
And uh, yeah, it kicked ass. So great, great, great recommendation for Rise of the Nasties. Um, out of 10, I would rate this as a solid 10. And I look forward to picking up uh, more books from Matt Bell. So if you aren't following him or if you um, need a reason to, check him out and uh, let me know what you think of Rise of the Nasties. That's all I have for this episode today. Um, shout out to RLJE. Um, shout out to Quiver Distribution. Shout out to Matt Bell. And um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. Um, lots of little things, recommendations for this episode. Um, like I said, it's a short little nugget of an episode. I just got back from a week-long trip with family. And so um, I just wanted to throw this out there and give you some goodies And I look forward to following back up with you for Cocaine Bear, for Scream 6, which I'm super excited for, and all of those indie things in between. Um, So yeah, so as always, you can check out Fatal Follower Presents a podcast on Facebook, on Horror Amino, and you can reach out to me at Fatal Follower Presents at Gmail. Stay safe, stay spooky, and uh, bye-bye.